Last time in episode three, we talked about the importance of well-fitting clothing, but within the context of looking at our bodies and personalities to give us clues as to what truly makes us look our best. Today, we finally get to talk about one of my favorite topics, not just in style, but in life, color theory. We are going to discuss what a deeper knowledge of color and a more robust vocabulary can do for us as we strive to create a more cohesive wardrobe. Just to give you a hint, the benefits of understanding color will go well beyond your closet. Let's get started. Kindred Spirit, welcome back. I am so excited about today's topic, and I I think I'm mainly excited because I think color changes everything, and it's not something that everybody learns in school to a great extent, and I think it should be taught in school. It's such a helpful tool if you're dealing with anything regarding design, so not just fashion, but decorating, arranging a bouquet of flowers, picking the wall colors for your home. It just, it it has very practical applications that most of us will run into at some point in our lives and not having the right vocabulary can be very frustrating. So I'm coming to you as an untrained artist who had to figure out all of these things on her own. And so I can relate to the frustrations times a thousand. Um, I really struggled to understand color and color theory Um, several years ago when I started my business and realized that I needed answers in order to make my shop look cohesive and in order to be happy with my artwork. So I've learned through trial and error and a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of books. And I finally feel like even though I still have more to learn, there's always more to learn about color. I think that I have a, a pretty good foundation that gives me a basic understanding to where if I don't understand something, I know what vocabulary to use to look for answers, if that makes sense. So that's my goal today. We can't cover everything I want to talk about regarding color in one episode, but I hope to just cover the basics today to give you a good foundation if you don't already have a great understanding of color. Maybe you already have an A plus in color theory, and if you do, still stick around because you know, that we like to look at things from a different angle here. And I'm going to go over some practical applications too. So stay with us. Last week in our discussion of fit, we talked a lot about how our body gives us clues into what will look best on us. And color is no different. Just like with fit, our knowledge of these helpful tools might take some training of the eye, but I think color is actually fairly easy to grasp once you have that basic knowledge of the subject. You all know, I love the why And it's because if we can understand the why, then you have the tools that you need to grow in your understanding of color over time naturally. So for instance, if you're standing in front of the mirror and you're wearing a sweater that you aren't sure if you like, you aren't sure if the color looks good on you, it's not a color you feel passionately about one way or the other, but you need to incorporate a sweater in your wardrobe, so maybe it'll work, it's fine. But if you have a color vocabulary, you could you might say something like, 
well, this is a warm color and I'm cool toned. So that's why it's not sitting with me, right? That's why I'm not loving it. Or maybe it looks okay. It is a cool color and you are cool toned, but there's too much gray in it. You wish that it had more white in it because you prefer tints to tones. So that's just a small example of a practical application. And we'll get into those fun vocab words. Uh, But also for online shopping, I think having a basic knowledge of color is incredibly helpful and liberating because you don't feel like you're a victim of what's online or your shopping experience. And also just understanding that colors come in trends. And if you shop at a couple of stores every season, they are only going to have a limited array of colors and most of them will be what's trending. So maybe none of those colors really look good on you or they're not the colors that you have chosen to build your foundational wardrobe. Then if you didn't have a knowledge of color theory, you might just say, well, these are fine. These, these are, there's nothing wrong with these colors. They don't look horrible on me and I like them okay, so I'll buy them. But if you have a knowledge of color, then you might not settle And you might say, well, I really wish that they were a little bit more muted. They're too bright for my complexion and for my personal taste. So I'm going to look elsewhere this season. I know I bring up thrifting a lot, but it's also incredibly helpful with thrifting too, because a thrift store has, you know, they, they aren't a slave to trends, of course. So they are going to have colors from many decades. And so if you are looking for a particular shade that just looks really great on you, or it makes you really happy, then a thrift store is a great place to shop because they will most likely have some form of that color and some variation. So it's helpful when you're at a thrift store, you might find something that's really close when you try it on, but you know, it's not quite right. So you're going to keep looking It's also helpful when you're in the dressing room and there's really bad lighting as thrift stores don't always have great lighting. And sometimes they even have like a funhouse mirror basically that just really distorts. It's hard to tell if something looks good on you in a thrift store dressing room because yeah, it depends on the store obviously, but it's really helpful to know, oh, this color should look really great on me when I look at it in great lighting because I know that it's a cool tone and it's a shade or it's a warm tone and it's a tint. So this should work on me and you don't have to rely so much on the mirror. So if you have a capsule wardrobe or if you if a capsule wardrobe appeals to you, but you only think of them as wardrobes that are full of neutrals, I understand that because I don't that's for some reason, a minimalist wardrobe is always portrayed as something that lacks a lot of color. You have to really go out of your way to find colorful capsule wardrobes. I've Googled them before and I found a couple that have been helpful, but even then they weren't exactly the colors that I was looking for or someone's interpretation of colorful is completely different than mine. When I say colorful, I mean, I, I really want to see a rainbow here, not just a few neutrals with blue and green thrown in. But I think that we have a lot of closet frustration regarding color because maybe you know that you really like color in your wardrobe. And throughout the years, if you're in a store that has a lot of neutrals and you spot the section that has a few 
colorful patterns, you gravitate to those and it's the best in the store and it's the most colorful option. So it feels really colorful at the time. And then you bring it home and it doesn't really go with the rest of your colorful options. Or over time, you just continue to buy things that have color in them, but you don't know why they don't all go together or it, it still just feels like your your closet is very incohesive and you can't figure out exactly why. So color is confusing for those reasons, but it's also confusing because most of us aren't taught a lot about color in school beyond the basics of color mixing. If we just think of actual paints and mixing paints, that's usually the color theory class that we get. It's just we find out that primary colors are yellow, red, and blue. And we all know what happens when you mix those. You get the secondary colors. If you mix yellow and red, you get orange. If you mix yellow and blue, you get green. And if you mix red and blue, you get purple. But what are you supposed to do with that information outside of mixing paint? These are great questions. But first, how did I get into color theory? So I mentioned earlier that I'm not a trained artist. I have a degree in history. My first job outside of college was in politics. So when I finally accepted that I was an artist, which surprisingly took me longer than one might think, well into my job as an artist, I wanted to know how color could make such a big difference between getting it right and getting it wrong and how you figured all that out. It just seemed so perplexing to me. But a big breakthrough in color for me was actually when I started my business and I set up my branding colors because I knew I had to, to do that much to have a cohesive brand. And I knew that my colors needed to be bright and happy. There's no doubt about that. And once I started trying to curate a cohesive Instagram feed and other marketing things for my brand, I, I wanted it to be cohesive, of course. And I realized that playing around with editing you can actually learn a lot about color theory when you play with a little Instagram feed editing buttons, like the contrast and the warm. You can increase the warmth or lower or lower it, and you can see very clearly what changing your photo to a warm tone will make it look like as opposed to changing it to all the way to the end of the spectrum for cool tones. So that was actually pretty helpful in just training my eye. Uh, and also, whenever I did my, or still do, my heroin portraits, I only use the same 12 colors or so. I have a pastel color palette. And so I just would stick to those colors and that palette is cohesive. The colors on it are cohesive. So whenever I would create my heroines, they would just naturally look cohesive, even though I was using really different colors. So that was kind of an aha moment for me because I realized it's not about you don't have to just use all cool colors in your paint, a painting and you don't just use all warm. And we can see this very clearly in nature. We don't have, nature is not all warm. It's not all one or the other. You have a definite mix. Like an autumn sky has a very blue sky in the background, which is a cool color. And then you have very warm colors contrasted with the leaves, with the oranges and the reds. And it looks stunning. So... That might seem obvious. I mean, of course, you can put warm and cool colors together. But when it came to my wardrobe, I thought, well, I don't understand. If I am cool toned, why doesn't a warm color look gray? Why does, because that's a contrasting, that would be a contrasting color. So these are the questions that I was trying to figure out. So not only just in my art, but also in my wardrobe. But 
around the same time when I was figuring this out in my art, I also had a breakthrough in my wardrobe because I realized that the colors I was using in my art were also the colors that I loved to wear. So surprise, the colors that I were I was drawn to also happened to be the colors that looked better on me. I won't say best because I'll get to that. I kind of had another breakthrough later on down the line, but this was a far cry from wearing black to the office every day. And I never wore like head to toe black, but I was wearing the colors of Capitol Hill and nobody wore yellow polka dots or anything like that. So I wasn't experimenting with color to say the least. So when I did accept my calling as an artist and started to dress in a way that felt more me, it was a very freeing experience. And just realizing that I don't love neutrals was a really big, was great progress for me. So let me tell you a story to demonstrate how the colors that we are drawn to can tell us something about ourselves, something subconscious and fundamental to who we are. So this story may sound familiar if you've read my email series. I'll make it brief. So when I lived on Capitol Hill, I lived a mile from where I worked in the Senate offices in the Capitol building. And I lived in a really adorable row house with three other women. And the neighborhood that I was in was just super colorful. That's one thing I just always loved about D.C. If you've been there, you know that um, downtown is pretty colorless. It's all the gray and white marble everywhere. But in the neighborhoods surrounding D.C., they're just so colorful. All the houses are painted the most delightful colors. And all in a row, it just looks like a box of candy. So there, you could have a pink house with green trim. And then next to it would be a pale green house with dark green trim. And then there would be a blue house and a peach house. And it's just, it looks wonderful. I just love it. It always made me so happy. So whenever I was shopping one day, I took the Metro to the mall and I think I was in Forever 21 and I spotted this cropped mustard yellow jacket. It was very Jackie Kennedy with the, the bracelet sleeves and a big collar and big round buttons. And it kind of flared out a little bit. And I just thought it was the cutest thing. And so I bought this yellow coat and put it on the next day and felt amazing in it when I was leaving my house. But then the closer I got to the Capitol, the more self-conscious I felt. So that's when everybody who's commuting starts to come in. It's like this little hive of activity and all these people are walking into the buildings. And all of a sudden I felt like everyone was staring at me. And to this day, I don't fully know how much of that was my imagination and how much of it was accurate, but I'll just never forget that feeling. I just felt so out of place. Everybody was walking toward the building in their gray, navy, black. I mean, there was a little bit of color, but nothing outrageous, nothing like a mustard yellow coat. And here I was, I just felt like, ugh, like I just so obviously don't fit in. They probably all think I'm an intern here for the summer. And I, I just felt like then nobody's going to take me seriously in this. I can't wear this again. And I didn't. I felt really uncomfortable in it. But looking back, that was a major clue in my life that, sure, if you love color, it doesn't mean that you can't work in politics, certainly. But for me, it was a clue as to maybe 
it didn't actually fit in. And maybe that's okay. Maybe it's for a reason. So I did actually buy a coat later on that was kind of a muted pink color that was actually definitely more in my color palette. And I did wear that boldly. And that was that was different for Capitol Hill. But the yellow was just too much. I just, I couldn't handle that anymore. So I did start to become a little bit braver in my color choices, but just, and did, I didn't ever go crazy. I didn't want to draw too much attention. But the thing is, I was wearing black and neutrals, not because I loved those colors, but because they were safe. And obviously when you have, a lot of times you, you do work in a profession where you have to wear a certain color palette. If you, you know, if you work at a law firm, you probably can't go crazy. What do I know? But that's just, I mean, that's just a more conservative field. So there might be times when, yeah, you don't feel like you can just totally dress like yourself, but I think it's important to ask why and if that, how much does that matter to you? Because sometimes it is worth fading into the background if that's your job, especially like if you work in the medical profession, you would wear scrubs. That's not, you know, that's not, conveying who you are to the world. That's not an accurate representation of your personality, but it's important to wear scrubs and it's important to blend in a little bit. So there you have to, you have to look at the reasons why you're wearing your clothes. And if you're, if you're wearing clothes to be safe, that's different than wearing clothes because you're intentionally trying not to stand out. So there's a difference there. So for me, I knew instinctively that I'm not the person who should be wearing black and gray and white. The same color on you might have an entirely different effect on me. And the color black is a great example of this. So my transformation from Senate staffer to artist was mirrored in the colors I wore. And I think that's fascinating. The more I accepted the fact that my calling is as an artist, the more I became comfortable wearing bright and happy colors. Here's a great example of the opposite of my experience. Just to prove that I have nothing against neutrals. So Johnny Cash is one of my favorite singers, and he sings a song that you've probably heard called Man in Black. And I want to read the first few stanzas of that song, if you will humor me. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black, why you never see bright colors on my back, and why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down, living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the time. I wear the black for those who've never read or listened to the words that Jesus said about the road to happiness through love and charity. Why, you'd think he's talking straight to you and me. Well, we're doing mighty fine, I do suppose, in our streak of lightning cars and fancy clothes. But just so we're reminded of the ones who are held back, up front there ought to be a man in black. I love that Johnny Cash wore black because he felt like it was part of his calling. You can listen to Johnny Cash sing that song and resonate deeply with it, but still feel like that is his calling and not yours. So my point is that colors are, that we're drawn to are not arbitrary. They aren't just a coincidence. They offer clues to our calling in life, just as everything we are drawn to offers clues into who we really are and who we were created to be. I really can't emphasize that enough. Our clothes must support us in our roles in this world. Whatever kind of heroine we are meant to be, whether you are an optimistic Anne Shirley or a level-headed Eleanor Dashwood or a truth-seeking Jane Eyre, 
We just, we can't afford to ignore the colors we are drawn to. So Johnny Cash is drawn to black and that for a very wonderful reason. And, but it doesn't mean that everybody should wear black for those reasons, because we don't share his same passions and his passions are not the only ones that are worthwhile. So if Anne Shirley with her cheerful attitude and her penchant for histrionics were head to toe black, it would actually make her look really ridiculous. It would seem like her personality was just an act. Whereas someone who is drawn to black because it really speaks to them wouldn't look ridiculous in black. They would look just right. A good example of this is my sister. I have two sisters and one of them wears head to toe black all the time. And she doesn't look severe or harsh or like she's going to a funeral. Me, on the other hand, if I wear black, I look sad and ill, or maybe I don't look like anything at all because I literally fade into the background. And my sister is not a very serious, somber person at all. She's a very lighthearted person who doesn't take herself that seriously, but she still just has a different kind of presence and black just works on her. And also she's not wearing it to be safe. I would wear it to be safe. So there's, that's a huge difference right there. And so I do wear black occasionally when it is appropriate. One time I was helping at a friend's wedding and I needed to blend into the background. So I wore black. And of course, a funeral is another appropriate place to wear black because it's the color of mourning. And also because you don't want to stand out. You want to blend in with everybody else and be that support for the family who's mourning. It's not about, these are the colors that look great on me. I'm not going to wear anything else. It's about having that knowledge and being able to make educated decisions based on that knowledge. Part one of the colors that we should wear, our personal color palette, is reflecting on the colors that we are naturally drawn to. So this might take a little time. It's probably best to just think about it over the next few days and see what comes up. But if you want a little bit of homework, I would suggest looking for color clues in your life. What was your favorite color when you were little? Is it still that today? Think about the places that you are drawn to that you would love to visit. The calming tones of a beach, the bright colors of Mexico or the mosaics in Spain, or are you drawn more to the soft grays of London? Things like that. Maybe you had a specific article of clothing growing up that you just loved. Was it because of the color? Looking back at my own life, I have always adored the color palette of those chalky candy hearts that you get on Valentine's Day, you know. I've just, dumping those out and just looking at the colors has always delighted me. So in my own color journey, I've realized that while I like bright and happy colors, I actually prefer the pastel versions. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a little bit. Things to think about. Now I want to talk about colors that we are drawn to versus the colors in our bodies, kind of like how we talked about fit. We talked about the lines that we are drawn to. And then we looked at our bodies and so we observed whether or not those lines were mimicked in our actual physical appearance. With color, it's the same way. And here I'm going to be getting into a little bit of risky business because I have this theory that the colors we're drawn to are also the colors that look good on us. However, I don't think they always overlap 100%. So for instance, I love pink and orange, my branding colors for my shop, but they are warm colors and my skin has cool undertones. So orange and pink aren't necessarily my best colors. However, I would look far better in a bright orange and pink dress than I would in a brown and dark green dress. I want us to just be aware of this because it might seem like an incongruence at first, 
But I think that once we have a better vocabulary, we can understand why this is. The magic of practical color theory in your life is that when you learn how to translate these tricky, seemingly incongruent ideas, the world just opens up. So that's what we're here to do. We're going to learn how to properly translate by gaining a more robust vocabulary. So just right off the bat, let's just go over a few basic vocab words when it comes to color theory. We're all familiar with warm versus cool tones. If you look at a color wheel that has primary and secondary colors, you will see the reds, yellows, and oranges on one side. Those are the warm colors. And then on the other side, you have the cool colors, which are the blues, purples, and greens. So also a pure color is what we call a hue. And so picture a paint tube of, let's say, just a pure red, like primary color red. Squeeze that out and let's add a little bit of white to it. What color do we get? Now it's more of a pink color. So when you take a hue and you add a little bit of white, that is called a tint, a T-I-N-T. And if you move over right next to that and square out the red again and you add a little bit of gray to it, a little bit of white and black, then it's kind of a muted, dusty pink, dusty rose color. And that is a hue plus a gray. And so we call that a tone. So then moving on next to that, we squirt out a little bit more of that red hue, that solid red paint, and we add a little bit of black then we get a really dark, rich red. And a hue plus black is a shade. So how is this helpful to us in picking out our clothes? Let's go back to the beginning where we talk about someone knowing that robin's egg blue looks amazing on them. Robin's egg blue is a tint because it comes from a pure shade of blue and it has white added to it. So if robin's egg blue looks fantastic on you, This is a big clue that other hues with white, which are tints, will probably look great on you as well. So in fact, you may just look really great in tints as opposed to tones, clothes that have, or colors that have more gray in them, which are much softer because that gray really softens them. So just knowing that, you can just to be able to say, I prefer tints to tones, or I prefer shades to tints. Knowing that is really helpful whenever you are making a decision about color, especially for your body. So that's just a basic example of where a good color vocabulary can take us. And I know it begs a lot of questions. So these questions that I speak of, we're going to get to those next time. I'm sorry to leave you so abruptly, but when I listened back to this episode, I felt like the last portion of it was trying to squeeze too much information in too short of time, and we were really missing some of the good stuff. So on that note, I hope to see you next time where we will go more in depth and more relaxed pace, talking about the colors that look best on you and how to figure out what those are. I can't wait. I'll see you next time.